Okay, good evening everyone. Broadcasting live August 31st, 2015. Today we have a thankfully, mercifully short quote. It's part of a bigger sutta though, so maybe we'll look at that sutta as well. Robin, would you do us the honor of quoting yes. for us? Yes. Even if low-down criminals should cut you limb from limb with a double-handled saw, if you filled your mind with hatred, you would not be practicing my teachings. Powerful words. Raises the bar substantially, you know? Yes. <laughs> Sets the bar rather high. Oops, that's not what I wanted. Uh, this one. Okay. You see that, no? Yes. So this is the simile of the saw. And it's an entire sutta. And it's not just about the saw. The saw is the part that everyone knows But it's a story about a monk who gets upset, Molia Faguna, who gets upset because, anyway, if you go down, uh, right, so if any bhikkhu spoke in dispraise, yeah, if any bhikkhu spoke in dispraise of the bhikkhunis, he would become angry. And if anyone spoke in dispraise of him, the bhikkhunis would become angry. So he was living, associating with the bhikkhunis. Kind of a bit problematic, I guess. And he would get angry. The point is he got very, very angry. But he said specific, the Buddha did say, it's not proper for a monk to, to a bhikkhu to associate over much with the bhikkhunis. what happened okay this isn't perfect and he says several things in this sutta that are of interest the first one is that he Buddha only eats in one session and he encourages people to eat in one session and there might be an implication here that it affects your mind no, if you eat too much, you're more likely to get caught up in passion and anger and so on. So he admonishes the monks to be like that sort of monk. And he tells this story, uh, which is interesting in this, in regards to the quote that we're dealing with, the one about sawing you limb from limb, because that would be the ultimate test, right? I mean, anyone can appear to be 
peaceful and calm. You know, we're, we're very good at putting on a front. This is why we get so... It's one reason why people become so disheartened, because it seems like everyone else is getting along just fine. <laughs> seems like the rest of the world is perfectly sane. So why am I so insane? Everyone else is so normal. Why am so I so abnormal? They don't know that when they go home, they cry their eyes out as well, and they take pills as well, and they contemplate suicide or drastic measures as well, or they get drunk. Or, I mean, not everyone, but a substantial number of people, a substantial percentage of us, or a substantial percentage of who we all are, is hidden. We hide from the rest of the world. And this is why an arahant is called araha. Araha meaning, uh, araha is, means in private. Araha means having nothing in private. An arahant is the same internally and externally. They have no, no, no private life, nothing that they hide from people. They've got nothing to hide is the point. Here's a story about a woman who clearly did have something to hide. Everyone thought she was gentle, she was meek, she was peaceful. But the maid was mm, not really convinced. So she said, suppose I test my lady. And so she got up later and later every day. And finally she got up really late. She said, hey, Callie, what's wrong with you? She said, Nothing's wrong. And then just for that purpose, she picks up a rolling pin and hits her on the head. Then the maid, Callie, goes running over and says, see, the gentle lady's work. And then immediately a bad report, or well, later on a bad report spread. She is rough, she is violent, she is merciless. Also goes to show that reputation is something easily lost. Reputation can change quickly. Just in this way, some bhikkhus are extremely meek and peaceful as long as, here's the, here's the point, so long as disagreeable courses of speech, and you could say anything, just so so long as they don't meet with anything disagreeable. This is why meditation sometimes makes it worse, sometimes makes your condition, it makes you blow up, makes you feel angry and greed, lustful and all these things to a great extent because you have no, um, you have no outlet for your anger and no outlet for your desires. So when you meditate, you get to see them and you don't get to react. Once you're forced to face with them and you don't have a way to, not just an outlet, but a way to avoid, a way to change the situation. I'm bored, so I'll go and play a game or I'm hungry, so I'll go and eat. I'm hot, so I'll turn on the cold air. I'm cold, so I'll turn on the hot air. And so on, and so on, and so on. As long as we have ways of just getting what we want all the time, we'll never see the truth about ourselves. But when there are disagreeable courses of speech, then we can see. It's through adversity. The Bodhisattva said this. Adversity breaks in a man just as a charioteer breaks in a horse. Adversity, O king, has tamed us here. It's a verse from the Dhammapada, from the Jatakas. Then he gives this quote about 
five courses of speech. This is something that we all have to remember. Speech may be timely or untimely, true or untrue, gentle or harsh, connected with good or with harm, spoken with the mind of loving kindness or with inner hate. And then he repeats it, meaning... Da, 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 da. Herein, because you should train thus, our minds will remain unaffected and we shall utter no evil words, we shall abide compassionate for their, their welfare. It's a, um, it's a hard thing to do, no? This is a teaching that is something that we should put on our wall or we should read this often, remind ourselves. But you see how the Buddha is not really quotable because it's a big thing, right? Getting, getting good quotes is not really enough. You have to read a paragraph like this. This paragraph here you could put on your wall, but it's not memeable. <laughs> you couldn't, couldn't put, it, put it to a picture probably. But it should go on the wall with one of those, like we have a Dalai Lama saying here that we got from somewhere. But the Dalai Lama saying is a bit rambling. It's actually kind of, I don't know. I'm not convinced but this should be on like if you got a piece of cloth you know a piece of cloth with wood two wood you know what i'm talking about like a scroll kind of it's like a piece of cloth with two wooden dowels on each end and you hang it like a scroll on your wall if someone made one of those for me i'd be happy i'd put it on my wall this one i think this paragraph actually because there are these five courses of speech of course, without the notes and the page numbers. but So there's they put that on my wish list. If anyone here would like to offer something to our new monastery, something like this. I mean, this isn't the only one. I'm just picking it out. But that's a good one, I think. Because it's just something that we always talk about. You know, how to deal with speech. Well, you think like this. I don't know. Maybe it's simplistic of me, but I like this paragraph. And then they have these great similes, ending with the simile of the saw. I think. Right? Where is the simile of the saw? And the simile of the saw is down below. So he says, if someone were to take a hoe to the earth and try to say, I shall make this great earth be without earth, would he be able to? Or suppose they came and took color and wanted to make and wanted to draw in space, took a magic marker and says, I want to color space. Would they be able to? No. They came with a torch and said, I shall heat up and burn away the river Ganges, the Ganga River. Would they be able to with a torch? Of course not. So we should be like the river Ganga, deep and immense. We should be like air, formless and non-manifestive. We shouldn't react like the air. We should be like the earth because we should be great and deep. We should be deep and immeasurable like the earth or like the river Ganga. Or like the cat skin bag, we should be rid of any kind of reaction shouldn't react when something is rubbed when we're rubbed the wrong way right we shouldn't be we should be like the cat skin bag when we're rubbed the wrong way 
people rub you the wrong way, be like a soft leather bag. And then we get to the simile of the saw. You should train thus. Right. So this this quote, I mean, if you, this quote is also very, very wallable. I'm not able to. I guess I am. There. Yeah. Okay. This quote will be very wallable. It's the simile of the saw, right? This is a very famous quote. Even if bandits were to sever you savagely limb from limb, it's a bit hardcore, I think, to put on your wall. Maybe your bedroom wall, but not the living room wall that people would see. It's not something you want to necessarily show to guests. <laughs> Welcome to my home. If I, if I sever you savagely limb from limb, don't be angry. Our minds will remain unaffected and we shall utter no evil words. We shall abide compassionate for their welfare. This is a neat thing, being compassionate for the welfare of people who are hurting you, right? That's the most powerful, you know, to, to be, that's the most purest thing you could possibly do. It's something that's beyond most people. The mind of loving kindness without inner hate. And starting with them, we shall abide pervading the all-encompassing world with a mind imbued with loving kindness. And then he says, if you keep this advice and the simile of the saw constantly in mind, do you see any course of speech, trivial or gross, that you could not endure? So if, if you're okay with being hacked, well, not okay, but if you would be able to keep yourself from getting, from hating the people who are hacking you limb from limb, don't you think you could deal with speech? harsh speech. He said that you should keep this advice on the simile of the saw constantly in mind. That will lead to your welfare and happiness for a long time. So, that's our quote tonight. Bonte, what was the source of that? In case someone was able to somehow transfer that over to cloth. Sorry? What is the source for that? MN21, Jiminikaya number 21. Thank you. Now oh, I've messed everything up. Did I say it right? MN21? Ajimunikaya 21? You did. So he's not, um, it's important to say, the, the other thing I wanted to address was he's not being critical of people, exactly. He's just setting the line, setting the bar. It's not like if you do get angry, then you're excommunicated or something. But he's pointing out to his followers, you know, even this this Molia Paguna guy, it's not like he kicked them out. He just pointed out that he wasn't practicing the Buddha's teachings. That the, the Buddha, the Buddha, it's it's categorical. You know, any bit of hatred. So it's an, it's a bold statement in that sense because people would other people might say, 
no anger is justified if people are tearing you limb from limb you're justified this sort of thing happens it happened in Sri in Cambodia a monk told me that he watched a friend of his pulled pulled limb from limb what do you call that uh, delimbed no what's the word uh, yeah in Cambodia the horrible things that happened so most people would say yes that's justified those people are evil horrible but the Buddha gave no quarter gives no quarter evil is evil and anger is a part of evil of course comparatively you're far better off than those people doing the limb severing but doesn't mean you're you're right in getting angry in fact that's the whole problem with it is that we're upset about it drawn and quartered that was the word i knew there was a term anyway that's our quote for tonight does anyone have any questions I was thinking well, there's several things we could do here you know we could have a, a show a weekly show I mean the word show is kind of crass but you know how they do shows like talk shows and once a week i could get some buddhist buddhist to come on the show and tell us something talk to us so we contact them and see what they're up to and whether they had something they want to talk about start small but once we got recognition maybe people would like to come on the show because they had something to talk about you know hey we were doing this project and they want to let the world know we could call it like the monkly show or something. Monkly, is that a word? I don't think so, but that's okay. You can make up a word. Or the Dhamma show. The Dhamma it's kind of like, show. It's kind of like the daily show, but it's the monkly show. Monkly show. Just do it once a week, maybe. And another thing I was thinking is uh, doing the news. There was a little while where I was invited to monk the news for with uh, with the Tibetan sketchy kind, the sketchy Tibetan Lama, who uh, yeah turned out to be not the best relationship, but it's interesting for a while. Because I was thinking, you know, if we're starting this new place and we're getting so much support, especially from the international community, then we really should be more, a bit more professional and really should commit to doing some things. The Dhammapada videos once a week, that'll be a, hopefully be a commitment. We'll see. I mean, I'm also going to be studying, so don't think that'll be difficult, but...
was thinking I'd like to get Ali to come on the show. Ali, whose video we posted the other day. Just because he's a friend and it, it's... I mean, if he'd be willing to talk, then it would be uh, just an easy person to get. But he could talk about his... Just he could talk like he gave the TED talk, for example. This be a way, easy way to start before we try getting famous people like Bhikkhu Bodhi. Maybe we could get Bhikkhu Bodhi on here someday. I'd like to get, I'd like to maybe focus on. No, we could go all around the world, but maybe focus somewhat on Canadian Buddhists. But no, I guess not. It just would be nice. It would give. Every, it would be a. It would be a place. Where Buddhists from around the world, could, we, we get to see what they're doing. We get to see what Buddhist teachers from around the world were doing. Maybe people who never were on the internet, suddenly you'd get to meet them and you get to know something about them. So, um, part of it would be, I think, getting a team of well, PR, I guess, the team who goes around and finds these people and talks with them. If you know someone who you'd like to see on our show, uh, hit them up, contact them. It's There's a, always a chance they might know who I am from YouTube. I'm, I guess I'm fairly well known now in Buddhist circles. I don't know. I mean, maybe not, but... Uh, and yeah, we could... Try it out. It'd be like a talk show. You do interviews. I think that'd be nice. I'd like to know what people are doing and it'd give us encouragement. Definitely. It would be fun. Like it would give me a chance to meet some of these teachers. There's a teacher in, in the UK who I'd like to meet. I wonder if he'd be up to it. the guy who's running this Satipanya group. There's people here in Ontario who I've never met, so there's a Bhikkhuni here in Ontario who I'd like to talk to. She practiced with Upandita, I think, in Burma. In the same province, I've never met her. I've never met any of the monks here, except for the one who lives in Thunder Bay. Met him. But yeah. I guess let, it, let let us know if there's anyone you think. As for the news, I think there's ways to get um, Buddhist news. You can get lists of news that has relevance to the Buddhist world, but we could also talk about news stories in general. We could just go to Google News or some news site. Or people could post links. We could have a, a day where people would, instead of posting questions, they'd post links to news stories for us to talk about. But for the news thing, I think we'd need a bigger panel. I think that would be the point. We'd have to get a panel. We wouldn't have to, but I mean... And, but it would have to be a, a select panel, right? People who 
had something proper to say. I wonder if I can get Ali on board with all this, because I think he'd be a good person. Maybe I could get Bhante Saranapala, who's a big monk here in Ontario. Maybe we, we could get Bhikkhu Samahita in Sri Lanka. Oh, that would he, be. he wrote a long, long argument against one of my videos where I said uh, that the Buddha never taught, uh, untaught, there is no self. The Buddha never said there is no self. Oh, he wrote a long argument. Well, he could come on and explain that position. That would be cool. Yeah, I get the feeling he's not maybe the best person. I don't know. I don't know. I've never met him. But the feeling is it might be a bit one-sided. You know, not everyone is built to have the back and forth of a debate. I don't know. I don't know him. But I have met people like that who are sometimes difficult to debate with. Okay, anyway, do we have questions tonight? We do. In regards to falling asleep, are there any specific thoughts that would benefit us that might carry over into our sleep? Yeah, sure. I mean, thoughts do seem to carry over into our sleep. It's hard to predict. The brain is far more complex than that. You can't just say, okay, think this, and it thinks that. It's a lot more going on. But we don't, we don't normally incline in that direction. We more incline towards not having thoughts come when we sleep. Sleep is the time to rest the brain and the body. And so the desired state is one of complete rest and to do that you have to clear your mind and that's so we would encourage the practice of satipatthana vipassana uh, so that when you sleep it's just sleep what is desire you mentioned that for example thought of murder isn't a problem if there is no desire I only see thinking and liking. What is wanting more than thinking of something and liking the thought? Liking and wanting are actually the same. You can call it liking, you can call it wanting. But yeah, you, you, it's astute to say that, yes, it's the, really the same. There's no qualitative difference. No, no categorical difference. I mean, there are, you can like something If you like something that you're experiencing, um, then you just enjoy it, and you, you'd build up this attachment to it, right? So when it's gone, then you feel upset. If you want something, you have this thought, you like the idea, and so you start to get upset because you don't have what you want, right? You, you like the idea, and then you want to uh, increase that because it's not there. There is the stress of not having what you want that leads you to chase. So the, the process is different, but the ultimate reality is a liking. You like the idea of something or you like the experience you're ha having. 
It's just whether or not it's present or not. When you want something, it's because it's not present. The liking arises and it propels you immediately because you don't have it. With liking, you have it, so the state continues and, and builds and builds and builds until the, uh, because it's constantly, I like it, so I've got it. I like it, I've got it. I like, and it builds and builds. When you don't get it, then the, the wanting comes. You see, it's the same state, but it's whether you have what you want or not. I like the news idea. What kind of news in particular would be covered? Yeah, I don't know. We need to gather a panel first. I think that's one we have to wait a bit on. But the interviews thing, I think we could do. What about some of the people from Stack Exchange that are very knowledgeable and interesting? Could do. Maybe they would make interesting guests. Yeah, I think there's lots of people who would make interesting guests. We have to find people who are willing to come on the air, yes. who are willing to get a web, who have, a, have access to a webcam, and willing to do that. That's probably a big, in the beginning anyway, that's a big bar. People would just say, no, I'm not really interested. So we could start small, but yeah, you're right with people who we know. Let's see if there's anybody... And they'd have to. Oh, there's Ali. Ali, you're here. Ali, we're um, we're talking about you. I'm talking about you. I was wondering if you'd be interested in coming on our show, coming on the hangout one day and talking to us for a while, giving like a talk. Maybe talk about um, talk about yourself, but also you could talk about uh, how your efforts with meditation in Persian have gone. That I'd be really interested to hear about that. How has that gotten? What sort of responses you've got gotten? I don't know if that's something that you could talk about for a while, but something I'd like to know. Talk about your your experiences with the skeptics. You know, how's that going? With what you, your 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 idea about them is, or just anything you'd like to talk about. Why don't we set this for Friday? Every Friday we'll we'll have a We'll have a new speaker, and we'll call it, maybe we'll call it The Monkly Show. Is that too crass? <laughs> no, I like it. All right, awesome. So Ali is our first guest. First guest. This Friday, are you free? Friday at this time. So at nine, we'll still do the quote thing, but we'll read it and we'll talk briefly about it. And then we'll cut right into our guest. I think he's watching the YouTube video, which means he's 30 seconds behind. What is your view on Japanese Zen, and in particular, the monks who can marry, live at home, and even have jobs rather than practice celibacy and live in a temple? Well, they're not really monks now, are they? Monk means mono. Mon the word monk, 
Um, let's look up the word monk at timonline.com. Search monk. Originally religious hermit. From ecclesiastical Greek monakos, monk, a noun, noun use, classical Greek adjective meaning solitary, from monos. You see, this is my point. Where does the word monk come from? It comes from monos. If you have a wife, you are not a monk. You are not mono, you are duo, or how do you say? Stereo. Great, Ali is available. So let's say Friday Friday for this show. That means we'll have to get you, you need a webcam and you have to come in the hangout and just be ready. I'll give you, send you an invitation, be ready just before nine o'clock. Why is it better to let go of things that we enjoy? You've said it's because once that thing is gone, we experience suffering as a result of the loss. But what if the enjoyment experienced overall is greater than the suffering from the loss? That would be great, you know? We could just cut our losses and be... The enjoyment experienced overall is greater than the suffering from the loss. It'd be awesome. It's not really that way. It's just how addiction works. The more you get of what you want, the less you enjoy it. That's how the brain works, even. You know, I think the brain is telling us something because uh, the more pleasurable something is, the more it taxes the the receptor system. It's like a, an elastic band that never really goes back to its original shape. It's not elastic. It stretches and it stays stretched, meaning that the receptors no longer uh, fire as as well the second time. So this is why you need more more heroin, for example. You need to take more and more and more to get the same result. This is how addiction works. This is how the universe works. My teacher said it's like, or someone said, they, they, they quoted him as saying, uh, it's like eating sugar cane from the bottom up. It's sweet in the beginning, but eventually it starts to just get less, more and more bland the more you eat. Moreover, there's, it's not really the point of balancing, you know, well, it's okay, I can live with the suffering because I'm getting the pleasure. It's that the, the system is fundamentally flawed. First of all, Pleasure is useless. It does nothing for you. So you say, yes, I got all this pleasure. Well, big deal. Good for you, right? Who cares? What's the meaning? What's the purpose? Second of all, it degrades your own mind. So it makes you more of a coarse individual, more obsessed with getting what you want. The more you get what you want, the more you want to get. It makes you stupid. It makes your brain, you know, fixated on... It... It... it, it um, strengthens the pathways of desire in the brain so your those pathways become strong and those pathways that you're not using like the ones of renunciation of compassion of charity of generosity they become atrophied 
and so the your your brain those ones fire more often the desire ones will fire more often you're strengthening your brain it's you're building a habit basically and so that's what your brain is going to be fixing that's how you're going to be as a person a greedy selfish individual you may say well that's not me but it is it's what's it, it's what comes you become less compassionate less tolerant less useful and helpful to others less of a pure and an awesome person um and three it's unsustainable meaning that you can live a wonderful life this time but that's living a wonderful life is not what allowed you to live a wonderful life this time you know happiness doesn't lead to happiness so you can say well okay it's fine i'm happy now a little bit of suffering fine but your ability to live here as a human being is not due to that and this is why angels get it all wrong or this is why rich people get it all wrong rich people can be horrible people because they think they deserve it and somehow the way they are now is what got them where they are enjoying their luxury is what allowed them to, to be rich well not exactly they don't think quite that but they don't realize that there was much much more behind what allows us to feel pleasure at all so if you give that up and just cling to pleasure you're more likely to be born as a ghost in the future wanting all the time being without so there are great claims made by buddhism that you can investigate that would totally blow such an idea out of the water the idea that you could possibly or the argument that you know you might experience more pleasure than you would suffer The Buddha said it's like blood smeared on a bone. It will never satisfy the dog. He gave several wonderful similes. Another one was the, the grass torch. Eventually it burns down and burns you in the face or burns your hand. Or it was grass torch against the wind, I think. And it's, the fire is blowing in your face. Why does a perverse thought seem to have worse consequences than a perverse act followed by a clear mind? Hmm. Well, obviously the mind is more important. An act cannot in and of itself be perverse. But you sometimes, you know, minds are, as the brain is complicated. So the result of an act, an intentional act, intentionally perverted act, might sometimes take time to to come to fruition and it might be null and negated by so you have good thoughts and you have bad thoughts and they can cancel each other out so you get no fruit from either one of them and you think oh well i got no fruit from that bad thought it was because of your good thought or your good state as well that kind of thing in the end it's all pretty right pretty fair and reasonable there's no getting away as udi said this monk no one can escape. Noah, I tell you, no one can escape their karma. What are the benefits of taking refuge in the Triple Gem? Um, confidence, encouragement, um, freedom from worry. It's like it's like uh, surrendering surrendering yourself in a way it can be feel like you've given yourself over to the buddha the dhamma and the sangha so 
you're no longer responsible in a sense. You're now uh, free from any kind of uh, need to attach to your, to you know, whatever happens, you put yourself, you lay it all down and you put yourself under their care, make them responsible, make the Buddha and the Dhamma and the Sangha responsible for you. So that when bad things happen, when when you get angry or so on, there's an understanding that that you're you're trying, that you're you're um, you're coming clean, and you're in training. You've taken refuge. So you, it's allowed. You're allowed to. You're allowed the freedom to learn and to learn without judgment, that kind of thing. But, you know, mainly it gives you the encouragement to continue practicing. Provides you with security and refuge. Sense of security. It frees you from fear, the Buddha said. When you're afraid. Having this refuge, having this support is psychological benefit. Of course, ultimately it means you're more likely to practice the teachings take refuge you're more like you're going to be closer to buddhism and you're more likely to practice and carry out the teachings would narahant give that up give what up give up taking refuge no you could say they've they've taken absolute refuge and arahant still has perfect respect for the buddha and respect for their teachers Respect for the Dhamma, perfect respect, and the Sangha. Just a clarification on an earlier question. Yeah. It was meant... Um, I mean that it seems you are able to have a clear mind after a perverse act. You do not have big consequences. Mm. Well, as I said, consequences are hard to judge. Karma is not something you can easily pinpoint. This is the result of that. All you can do is generalize and see in general what happens and get a sense of it. You can never really predict exactly how things are going to work out, just as you can't predict a storm seven days in advance, right? It's highly complex. There's cancelling outs, and there's augmentings, and there's reductions, and you know, and that's just two things. Then there's like millions of things interacting to make us who we are. So it's highly complex. Meditation helps to simplify it a bit. When you meditate, you can see clearer, but still, you know, which mind is leading to which mind? It's not always easy to see because they. They're interrupting each other. Okay, let me let me showcase this, and then we'll end. So, I'm. Uh, see, one thing about moving around is trying to do anything like geeky like this is difficult. But okay, it's not a, not impressive, but it's a little thing, no? So. Here is our app, our Android app, and if you click on this button now, 
and this is the new version that none of you have, but when you do get it, you click on quote, it'll look nicer than this. But there you can see this is what this has done is it's gone to our website, grab the quote, the website now spews out the quote for it, grabs the quote, stuffs it back in here, and there you go. There's the quote, and then it also grabs the citation. You can't see that, maybe. See that? You can, yes. And there's an OK button. You push the OK button, and it's gone. Yay. That's great. Thank you, Bante. Okay, so that's all for tonight. Thank you all for tuning in. Thank you, Robin, for joining me. And Ali, we'll see you Friday. So everyone advertise. Let's advertise the Monkly Show <laughs> for this gonna, Friday. You're going to have Friday, like... 9 Eastern. Like the I'm graphics back. that go over it, you know, like the old-time talk shows. We actually have. We can do graphics here. Here, let's try that just a yeah. second. Where is that? Is it in the toolbox or something? Or is it gone now? It used to be. Showcase? What's showcase? Oh, well, we'll have to experiment with it. Cameraman. Uh, I don't know. Oh, here it is. The three little dots at the end. Um, oh, yeah. There's a draw in Google effects. Google effects. Draw? But that's not it. Well, you could draw the logo for the Monkly Show. Could you? Maybe. Background. Oh, you can put backgrounds in. <laughs> oh. oh, wow. <laughs> so if we had a white background, we could... Wow, that's weird. See, there's a way to program. If we get some real geeks here, so, you know, some of our, our IT people, they can create these things. You can create these little Google apps or these, these widgets, and we could have our own widget. If someone could figure out how to make our own widget. That'd be neat. Now, when you do the special effects, I'm just checking now to see if it's coming across on YouTube. Oh, it did. Okay, I see it now. <laughs> that looks so funny. Here we are, lower third. Okay, enter tagline. Enter the lower third. I don't get it. Ah, here we are, lower third. Oh, there we are. <laughs> So you could do that. It's a Hangout Toolbox. Oh, okay. Everyone can add a, a preset. I can change the color here. Let's give me an orange color. 
comment tracker. Huh. We can track comments to this video. Well, that's interesting. Isn't it? How does that work? Sources. How do you, how does the comment tracker work? I changed my picture to a picture of the new monastery. You did? Yes. Uh -huh, so there isn't really a porch. There's that iron railing we can attach it to. We can attach it to the tree. That might kill the tree. <laughs> Start well, drilling not, into not the drill tree. It. No, not drilling. Tie it to a branch or something. <laughs> We could use could, the no parking sign. <laughs> we could hang the flag off the roof around. with some duct tape. We could. I was thinking putting a putting it in the front window or something. Okay, it finally caught up on YouTube. There's the picture of the new monastery. So this is going to be it, no? This is our going to be our new center. Pretty awesome. Anyway, that's all for tonight. Thank you all for tuning in to our show. Okay, good night. Good night. Thank you, Bante. Thank you, Robin.